G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Hi Ashley, welcome back to 2020. Uh, thank you, Neil. It's good to be with you, and uh, good morning to your listeners around the country. The uh, the biggest issues so far as the marriage debate goes are these ads that have been airing this week. Of course, it was uh, it was Tuesday night, I think it was the first ad for the No case uh, featured three mothers and their concerns about the consequences of genderless marriage, and then the Yes campaign had their response to the No Case ad, and it aired last night. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the response ad? We'll talk about both, but uh, but there was a response ad, the latest one that, that was aired last night. This is just another attempt to to narrowly define the issue and to criticise any point of view that dares to stand up to the prevailing cultural norm that dares to say no. You might remember, Neil, that a few weeks ago when we first discussed the postal survey as it's now being called, uh, I talked about the attempts from those who advocate change to narrowly define the debate and to call out anybody who dares to say there are implications. This is yet again another attempt to do that. And uh, I've seen the uh, the Yes campaign ad, um, and uh, I think that those mothers spoke very clearly, very plainly, and spoke very seriously about consequences that we need to take into account when we are addressing this issue. Well, Ashley, the Yes campaign ad called the No campaign ad dishonest. Uh, I suppose you expect that uh, when there is a debate going on, but uh, what are your thoughts on on the idea of honesty and did you think that the no campaign ad, in fact, did reflect anything that could be called dishonest? What are your thoughts on this idea of dishonesty in the advertising? I might even go back to the premise of your question in terms of whether we should expect that uh, competing people will call the other side's ads dishonest. Uh, I'm not used to that in Australia. Uh, I'm not used to living in a country where the integrity of the other side is called into question as opposed to debating the issue. If the people who are advocating no dared to call um, dishonest and dared to label the people who are saying yes, we'd, we'd be pilloried. And yet it's legitimate, it seems, in the current environment for those who are advocating yes, for those who are advocating a new normal, Uh, to say anything that we disagree with is not only something we disagree with, but it's actually dishonest and shouldn't be spoken about. I didn't think that the the, the ad that said there are consequences, uh, the ad by the three mothers, I I didn't think there was anything dishonest about that at all. It was was factual. As, As I talked to people in other countries about what has happened when marriage has been defined, they consistently talk about the impact on children, the impact on faith organisations of people of faith and the impacts uh, on what our kids are being taught. I recall when I first saw the No Case ad, and that's the one that features the three mothers and talking about the consequences, I felt like uh, we've been talking about this for years 
and uh, all of a sudden it feels like uh, with a simple message ad uh, that someone switched the lights on. And I was pleased to hear that the uh, the different networks aired the ad and I was pleased that it got so much attention in the news media. I, I saw it replayed a number of times in various uh, news programs. And so it is almost a breath of fresh air that someone is finally talking about uh, the consequences. Uh, your thoughts, Ashley? Yes, and guess what? It's not even people who would I'd, uh, normally be referred to as conservatives. There was even a few days ago, I think it was Mark Latham who came out and said, just a minute, we're not really talking about same-sex marriage. If we're talking about simply removing a gender uh, requirement, if we're talking about uh, not requiring anything by way of gender, then we're actually opening up to a whole range of other things and we need to be serious about the consequences. John Howard was on television last night and I saw him again replayed this morning talking about the importance of Australians having a proper understanding for the consequences. There are significant consequences. You see, while ever, while ever marriage as an institution is... Uh, in Australia between a man and a woman, then what we're really saying is that gender has a role. Gender is significant. And uh, you and I know, and I think, I think our listeners know, that gender is determined by biology, not by, by feelings, not by emotions, and gender is important. Whereas if you remove a gender requirement, what is the basis upon which um, we could say don't you dare teach our kids about gender fluidity. Don't you dare try to indoctrinate our kids. Don't you dare put the pressure on our kids to make them feel not only that they have to make a choice about their sexual orientation, but that they actually have to make a choice about their gender. On what basis can we say, um, don't you dare teach our children that, if in fact the institution of marriage, recognised by the state, removes all gender requirements? Yes, significant concerns. Uh, while we're on this issue of honesty in advertising, there are those who are talking about tighter ad restrictions after the High Court challenge is decided. Uh, as you were saying, you would expect integrity on both sides uh, when it comes to the entire debate. But uh, there is talk of these tighter ad restrictions. Uh, does that mean anything, Ashley? Well, it depends on what those tighter restrictions are. If... Um what is proposed is that if the High Court allows the postal survey to go ahead, as it's now being called, and then the requirements are going to be inserted, if that means that the debate is going to be narrowly defined and anything outside of that narrow definition is not allowed, then that's bad for freedom of speech. If, however, it means that there is legitimate freedom to respectfully put forward propositions and to discuss and debate propositions, then, then I'm all for that. But uh, often the devil's in the detail, and I think we need to wait until the High Court has determined its position, and then we see what laws are, are, are proposed. Uh, then we'll know whether that's something to congratulate the government or whether it heightens our concerns. Ashley, some thoughts on the substance of the idea that those three mothers presented in that ad that aired this week for the no case against uh, the uh, to in favour of uh, maintaining our marriage definition. 
because the education minister, this is the federal education minister Simon Birmingham, said it was patently ridiculous to suggest marriage equality would impact what was taught in schools. Uh, Isn't he expressing some level of ignorance here? Because isn't this already, with the debate going on, affecting schools with the Safe Schools Coalition program? Uh, Isn't he uh, being a little bit ignorant when it comes to this fact? Um, I would like to put it down to ignorance, and I hope that's all it is. But certainly, um, in my view, he is patently wrong uh, when he says that. Because, um, uh, again, what we see in other countries is that when you remove a gender requirement from the institution of marriage, the institution that uh, regulates and uh, families and family life and provides for the security of children, for the conveying of property between generations. That's what marriage is all about. It's about the fundamental framework of society. In other countries, when the, the gender requirement has been removed, there is no basis upon which parents are then able to legitimately say, how dare you teach our children that rubbish? And uh, in some countries, we're seeing that publicly funded schools have that problems. And in some countries, we're even seeing that uh, uh, private schools are having that issue where the government comes in. We saw only a couple of months ago that in, uh, in Britain, there was a Jewish Orthodox girls' school that failed its inspection by departmental officers. I think this was back in June or July failed their inspection by departmental officers on the basis that the the Orthodox Jewish Girls' School was not, in their view, uh, the view of the department's officers, adequately teaching LGBT issues, which the departmental officers referred to, and this is a direct quote, as fundamental British values. That's right, so that in Britain today, in their education system, LGBT issues are regarded as fundamental values. That's the kind of thing that happens when you redefine marriage. And when you quote that particular issue, uh, and for people who are doubting whether there's much evidence to talk about the things that have changed in overseas contexts where the marriage definition has been changed to to allow same-sex marriage, uh, there is an endless list uh, of all of these uh, issues. And so I would suspect that the uh, the no campaign, uh, when they're planning their next ad, uh, they've got so much to choose from. There's so much evidence uh, that major, major change is afoot if the definition of marriage changes. Let me ask you about the uh, postal, uh, postal plebiscite uh, survey, uh, whether to legalise same-sex marriage. Uh, it's going to be held next month unless it's blocked in the High Court. Now, there is a... Uh, the Dean of Law at the University of New South Wales, who is predicting the court will rule quickly on the matter and declare uh, that uh, that he would be surprised uh, to see the government emerge with a victory. So he thinks it's about to be blocked. Uh, your thoughts, Ashley? Uh, I've certainly heard other eminent uh, lawyers who have a different view, but I think I think he's right on this point, and that is that the High Court understands, I have no doubt, the High Court understands the seriousness of ruling quickly on the issue. And, uh, and they've got to do that, and I suspect they will do that. Um, there are um, uh, arguments both for and against. The question is a real technicality, and that is, uh, has there been money properly appropriated? We live in a parliamentary democracy, and that means that before the government arm of 
or, or, or the executive arm of government can spend money, we need to make sure that it's been properly appropriated by Parliament. And so the executive arm of government says uh, Parliament blocked a compulsory physical plebiscite, therefore... Um, in the circumstances, it became urgent and important for us to use money that has been made available uh, for the Australian Bureau of Statistics using also a power that had been uh, reserved by the Finance Minister. And so that's the, that's the view of the government. Those who are against it are saying you haven't appropriated it properly. So it really is a very technical argument. The argument itself has nothing to do with the issue. It's a bit like, it's a, bit like a few years ago when there were those High Court challenges about the funding of chaplaincy in schools. Um, even though the agenda of the person taking the challenge was to remove the Christian presence of chaplains from schools, the argument that was used was a very technical argument about whether it had been appropriated properly. In the same way, the agenda of those who are challenging this issue uh, is to silence debate and to, uh, and, and to hopefully vote down the postal plebiscite or survey so that we don't get our say. But the, the mechanism is a very technical argument um, that uh, I really don't think anybody can say with any great degree of confidence which way it's going to go. And uh, we'll all be waiting with bated breath uh, about midway through next week. I think the High Court is likely to make its decision. Uh, let's talk about young people for a few moments, Ashley, because there appears to be this idea that all young people are in favour of same-sex marriage, the, the yes case. Uh, but reportedly, according to an announcement by the Australian Electoral Commission, it turns out that uh, of the 90,000 people who were added to the electoral roll in time for the postal survey, 65,000 of them were aged 18 to 24. So young people are certainly passionate. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Ashley, on, on whether or not uh, young people will say yes or no? I mean, is, is the yes uh, vote for young people a given? I don't think it's a given, but certainly polling indicates that the older a person is, the less likely they are to support a change to the definition of marriage. And, uh, and so that, as I understand the polling, um, a younger demographic is more likely to approve of a change. And that's because uh, I think a younger demographic has been exposed to a whole lot of normalising of um, uh, homosexual relationships. Um, I left school in the late 70s, and uh, whereas people, and in those days, people were not being exposed to such relationships as normal, whereas there's been a, an active campaign uh, over the last generation or more to try and normalise homosexual relationships by having people of that persuasion uh, in positions of influence. And so when you think about the way in, in which such relationships have been normalised by popular culture, by videos, by television shows, by movies, by, by music, uh, there's even that, that uh, uh, song, Made This Way, um, which uh, most people who are younger would just accept as true, and yet there is absolutely no scientific evidence to indicate that people are actually born... Uh, homosexual uh, and yet there's been this exposure over a generation or more um, and so that it, it is certainly I think to be expected that a younger generation especially a younger generation of no faith conviction is more likely to support change because they've been exposed to the normalization of these relationships. 
Well, Ashley Saunders, just so good getting your insights into the issues as they are developing. I always look forward to our conversations. I'll point people to the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au, to mention too that Family Voice Australia is part of the Coalition for Marriage. Uh, And generally speaking, uh, just one last uh, little point here, Ashley Saunders, uh, the Coalition for Marriage, getting some traction. Are you you pleased with the way that the Coalition is working together? Yes, uh, there's a a very good uh, collegial spirit and uh, I'm really pleased about that. We need to work together. We need not to be divided. We need to do the things we can individually, but there's a whole lot of things that we cannot do individually. We can only do together. And uh, and I'm really pleased that Family Voice is uh, one of the many people who are part of that coalition. And just a quick encouragement too, uh, because uh, dollars are an issue with this because it's a very expensive campaign. The Coalition for Marriage is uh, is taking donations and uh, a lot of money is needed. Uh, people talking about the figure of $20 million. Well, it's going to take an awful lot of people uh, getting on side and being part of the Defence for Marriage. Uh, without a doubt. And, uh, and, and so I would encourage people uh, to give. If, uh, if the organisation that, um, that, that your listeners uh, support uh, whether it's Family Voice or another member of the coalition, uh, individual members will receive donations that we can pass on or people can um, go to the Coalition for Marriage website and uh, through a contact page can make a donation. So uh, I would encourage people to do that. We are a truly grassroots organisation. We don't have the millions of dollars from the corporates. We don't have the millions of dollars from overseas. Uh, It's a very much grassroots campaign, and I'm really pleased that you're going to be addressing very shortly the issue of prayer because we desperately need prayer not to be a last resort but a first resort. People can serve and donate, but first and foremost, we need to be people who are on our knees. Yes, and prayer is the topic of our conversation through the hour ahead and inviting listeners to join in that conversation very shortly. We'll be talking with Brian Pickering from the Australian Prayer Network. But Ashley Saunders, National Director of Family Voice Australia, fava.org.au or go to the Coalition for Marriage website. Uh, Thanks so much for your input again today, Ashley. It's been really good, Neil, and all the best to you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.